you can't go for perfection when you're innovating, when you're, when you're starting a company. You go for good today and better tomorrow. And now, it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, Dude Walker. Yes, indeed, I am Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. You know, there are a lot of different things I like to talk about on the podcast. I like talking about technology. I like talking about how businesses and industries arise to meet problems, solve problems for people. I like talking about entrepreneurship. I like talking about venture capital. I like talking about growth companies. I like talking about uh, people who start their first business and especially people who start their first business, uh, what I would call boomerpreneurs, people who start their first business late in their career. I also, most of all, like talking to and, and learning about creative and interesting people. And in today's program, I get to bring all of that to you. Today, I'm bringing you the CEO and co-founder of Trent, Jeff Kaufman. Jeff, welcome to the program. Great to meet you. Great to be here. Thank you so much. There's so much interesting stuff for us to talk about, but I'm going to start right at the beginning. What the heck is Trent? <laughs> Who does it help? Well, you know, Frank, the short answer is that Trent solves the biggest pain in the rear of my career. Uh, there's nothing like innovation to solve a pain that you've lived, and that's Trent. Uh, okay. I, I've been a broadcast journalist, uh, started in Canada at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, spent almost 20 years at CBS and then ABC News and, uh, in the U.S., and then over here in London, England, where I was London correspondent for ABC and I still live. Uh, I spent most of those my life, all of that career, transcribing the interviews, speeches, news conferences, and the, the 30 years of journalism um, that I, I worked when I worked as a broadcaster. And, and that routine, amidst all of the innovation that I've witnessed uh, since I began in the 1980s in television, that routine of having to actually get at the content of interviews like this, for example, and, and rewind the top, because we used to use mini cassette recorders, now we use our iPhones or digital recorders, but the bottom line is, you can't write a story as a journalist if you don't have the accurate words that were spoken. That means you hit play, you hit stop, and then you go over to your software, it used to be a typewriter, and you type it. And then you go back and you hit play and you hit stop, and it's that incredibly tedious routine. I've, people are astonished that we still do this as journalists, and I just happened across a team of utterly brilliant developers who had done a prototype of a transcription search manipulation tool involving manual transcription with the text linked to the audio. And I saw it and I thought, wow, could you put automated speech in there? And anyway, Trent uses artificial intelligence to get at the content of your recordings. It works for journalists, but it works for a lot of other people too. Well, let me, let me break this down for our listeners. So in essence, Trent is a transcription service uh, that takes audios and videos, I assume, and turns the content within them into text as well. Is that the essential aspect of it? Yeah, but we go further than that. What we do is then we glue that text to the original audio that you've given us, making it easy to search in a way that simply doesn't exist uh, or didn't exist in, until Trent was born. So, so you know, you have an hour-long interview, you want to find the reference to Minneapolis. 
Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of halfway in there. Well, the only way to find that is to listen to it and go, no, no, I think it was before, or maybe go ahead. Uh, we, anybody who's dealt with recordings knows what I'm describing. With Trent, you Trent it, you get it back that hour back in minutes, you search the word Minneapolis, bang, there it is, you hit play and you, you can listen to it. If the automated speech to text makes an error, we give you the ability to fix it so that you've got your content, you can time it all within a minute. That's a process that would take anyone manually anywhere from 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. Sure. And I, you know, I'm not a broadcast journalist, but I certainly have run into that same problem many times with other applications of interviews that I do and that get transcribed. Just as you described, somewhere in the middle or anywhere in the interview, the person that I interviewed said something really interesting. It is such a time-consuming and tedious process and frustrating to find that nugget and, and cue in on it. So is one of the things that I think I hear you saying is when I'm looking at this text that Trent has, that's been Trinted, uh, that it's also given me a time hack, it's time coded, is that hey, correct? By the way, I, I've got to tell you, I love that you're using Trent as a verb because <laughs> I, I, I've just got to give you a little digression here. When, when investors ask us, where's Trent going to be in four or five years? What I've learned as a first-time entrepreneur is they want to hear, it's going to be worth hundreds of millions. And of course, I'm a journalist and, you know, I, I, I try to keep my feet grounded on, on the soil. So my response is, where's Trent going to be in, in five years? In the dictionary. We want you to use Trent wow. as a noun and a verb. Uh, and, and the really fun thing is we, we've been building, we, we spent two years building Trent. It's been in the market since September 16. Our users talk about trinting and their trints because it's a new concept. So, so anyway, that's the digression. You had a question. That, that, that was fantastic. I've made many the investor presentation, and those are some tough rooms. And what a fantastic answer. Where do you want to be in five years in the dictionary? That's the kind of thing that rings the bell of a venture capital. It is, actually. They, yeah. they, 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 you know, because let's face it, you know, making people smile and exuding confidence, those are both good things to, to you know, as a first-time entrepreneur, those are both good buttons to hit. You know, I want to. I'm going to go down that uh, that path with you right now. So, uh, you know, here you are at this stage in your career. You said you started in television in the '80s. You've been doing it for 30 plus years. Uh, we can infer where that puts you along the chronology of a life journey. And here you are, your first time in business. How does that literally? How I'm giving you the the uh, the therapist question. How does it make you feel? Does it invigorate you? Frighten you? What? How are you feeling right now? Listen, I had, you know, for, for, for the person I am, I had the best job in the world. You know, when I was a 21-year-old kid starting out in television, all of those boxes that I wanted to tick, see the world, report the biggest stories of the world, you know, do, face some of the most interesting challenges, learn, meet interesting people, uh, grow. I did all of those things. I reported from 40-something countries. I covered Latin America for ABC News for 10 years. I covered the Iraq War, uh, the Arab Spring. You know, I, I have seen the, the, the worst of horror and the most thrilling of exhilaration, documentaries on blue whales in Patagonia and blue-footed boobies in the Galapagos. I, I'm a lucky guy, but, you know, 33 years of broadcasting, even the best job, becomes familiar and I just wanted a new challenge. I've got a lot of energy, a lot of curiosity. I didn't plan this, I've gotta be honest. I call myself the accidental entrepreneur. I, I just stumbled across some, some uh, developers who've done this 
brilliant prototype of a transcription tool. I saw the potential to take it even further and to collaborate and, and create what is today Trint. And, and that's what we did. For me, um, you know, I've said for a long time, I'm the most unqualified person on the planet to be doing this. I don't quite get away with it, that now. Um, we, you know, we're, we're growing, our revenue is very strong. We have 10 employees, we're hiring five more uh, as we speak. Uh, we've just hired two in the last week. Uh, we've just finished a very successful multi-million dollar funding round. So I, I guess you know, we're doing a bunch of things right. Uh, I have to say career 2.0 in my 50s is a blast. It is hard work. Uh, it's much harder than I ever would have imagined. Uh, it's a huge amount of responsibility. Every day I wake up and I have questions thrown at me that I just have no idea what to, uh, how to answer. And um, it, is, uh, you know, it is really, really tough but it's fun and it keeps you fresh. And, and you know, you don't want to just coast in life. And I, boy, when you run a startup for the first time in, at any stage, there ain't no coasting. No, there certainly isn't. And uh, I have done that myself, but that was um, 15, 20 years ago. So I, I've always referred to it as a young man's game because of the hours that are required. But it sounds like you're, you're pretty used to working long hours. I, uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions because, you know, I, I'm really looking out for our viewers, our listeners, uh, and, and the questions that they have in mind, I try to put myself in their seat. So there's a couple of things that you've been very successful at. One is marketing. Now, I think a part of that is because you just had such a dang great solution to a widespread problem. Can you just speak to, in, in broad terms, your sales growth, what the, what the growth curve has looked like and what you're doing? You know, I, I think there are a number of factors. Um, I, I think that it helps a lot that, that I have lived the problem that we're solving. It gives us a lot of credibility. Um, I remember um, the head of innovation at the BBC saying very early on, um, she heard about what we were doing when we were not ready to show this to the world. And she said, I'd love to meet with you to hear what, you, what, what, what Trent is about because uh, I'm really curious. And I resisted and she said, don't worry, I won't hold you responsible. And, and, and when I met with her, she said, you know, in all of my years overseeing innovation at the BBC, I've never met a solution for journalists technologically created by journalists. And she said, it gives me great confidence that if a solution can be found, you will be the one who can find it. Uh, and, you know, it's not just me, it's a team. We have a brilliant team here uh, who have worked really hard, but there's no question you know uh, they they used to tease me that i was beta tester number one uh you know mine isn't the only user scenario a, a kind of a, a terminology of startups that that, that the entrepreneurs will be aware of uh, but I, there are other user scenarios different from mine but mine is a fairly universal one for journalists academics people in corporate communications finding content with recorded within recorded talk easily accessibly low cost quickly all of those things um, so, you know, that's helped us a lot. Um, my, I know there's no question, you know, my profile having won uh, an Emmy covering the, the Arab Spring, that kind of stuff gives us credibility. But as you say, ultimately, it's the product that has to sell you. And, and I, I think what's really thrilling about our solution is that it's so easy. You don't need to go to the help pages to make it work. It just does work. It does exactly what you'd want it to. And, that's the best way to sell. I mean, what's really fun is to, to wake up each morning and look at our, our social media, uh, our, our Twitter account, at Trent HQ. And 
we just get a lot of love. I mean, I love on Valentine's Day, one of our users sent us a, sent at Trend HQ, will you be my Valentine? And then somebody else tweets, um, I can't imagine going back to life before Trent. Uh, I mean, that's better than any marketing we could do because when you get a tweet like that from someone you know or trust, that's not a sales job, that's an endorsement. And that, that's really how we've grown so quickly. We're only in our seventh month of revenue and, and we're seeing significant double digit growth every month. Uh, you know, it's humbling because, you know, <laughs> every month we start over again at zero and I wonder, can we continue to grow and, um, you know, yeah, that's a little different than getting that paycheck every two weeks. <laughs> it is. You know, and, and having just, you know, we're just closing a multi-million dollar funding round. And, you know, the, the investors have a lot of confidence in us. And I, I do too. But, you know, I would be lying to you if I didn't say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is, this is a big burden to carry on your shoulders to, to, be, to keep delivering. But I really believe in what we're doing. I, I, we're, we live in a world that is swimming in recordings. You know, you go to YouTube, you go to Google, you're going to find content that is recorded and not searchable. You go to any news website, pretty much any website, you know, your website, for example, if I wanted to find one of your podcasts in a specific moment, you know, as I know, you got to listen to it and find it. Well, guess what? This summer we'll be releasing a trend player that will allow this podcast to be searchable on Google. You can find my reference to... In, in, any word I've said to Minneapolis, which I said a moment ago, you can search that and you can find it in an instant and you can tweet it out. You can put it on Facebook through our interface, which you can embed on your website. This is a new language for accessing recorded content. And, and that's what there's a real hunger for. So, you know, we seem to be onto something big. I, I, I kind of use the analogy of a surfer, you know, on, on his surfboard out in the ocean watching a wave rise and and speech science is that wave and it's it, it's been maturing really rapidly just over the last couple of years to the point where you can push it this far so there's so many things i'd like to ask you about i, I would just kind of want to button up what you said uh, a moment ago that i think the mere fact that what you have is what people need uh, it's there's an old expression of marketing you don't want to have to convince someone that they want what you have, it's much better to just make it clear that you have what they want and, uh, and, they, and they will come and get it. Uh, so I wanna to go to the next thing then. You've, you've uh, spoken a couple of times about raising capital. Tell me about your experience with that. I did that as well. I raised uh, $3.1 million in the waning months of the dot-com uh, era. And it was an extremely painful experience. It was bad timing and, I, and my business model did not have the underlying value that yours does. Um, but how have you found that experience? How have you found dealing with venture capitalists and investment bankers? Um, uh, I guess you have to be careful what you say, hard, being that you're in bed or, with a few no, of them. No, 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 no. It, it's hard work. I, I find it kind of fun. I mean, they're smart people. Some of them are smarter than others, as you would expect. But, um, you know, you learn from them all. I, I think part of what I've learned is I, we, this is our first really big round. We did a smaller round a year ago and two very small rounds early on. Um, and you get smarter. You, you learn what meetings to take and what not to take. Uh, we actually opted because we had a choice. We had a, quite a lot of money coming at us not to go with VCs. We're, we're, we're in what's called a pre-series A. 
Um, and we felt, uh, and our board and our earlier investors felt that we would have, we've done a pretty strong job of being agile and responsive and using the money wisely. We felt that we, we could sustain that with more independence if we didn't have a, a VC uh, on our cap table at this stage. You know, there's some debate about whether that's right or wrong, but what you actually discover is that even some of the VCs will tell you you're smart to wait. Um, so, you know, we're pretty comfortable that we made the right strategic decision. Um, we, we actually uh, have, have hit our goal and we're actually now deciding how much over it we want to go because uh, there's nothing like a successful fundraise to bring in more money when you don't need it. And, you know, you, but you don't want to be cocky, you know. We, we live in, in a unstable political times. I'm in, you know, the company's based in England where we've got Brexit with uncertain outcome. Uh, the Trump administration, whether you're a supporter or not, there's a lot of uncertainty around it. Um, so, you, you know, who knows what could happen to the economy? Uh, you you, you want to make sure you've got enough. But, um, you know, I like people and, and I, I respect um, that, that even rich people who are some of whom some very rich people people have put money in, uh, some, some names that would be familiar would have put money in. Um, uh, you got to respect that, that, they're, that they're voting with their pocketbook and, and take that seriously. Uh, somebody just told me about a company where they spent $100,000 on box seats at a, in a sports stadium and they were a new, they were a startup. And I'm like, what kind of insane misguided ego would do that with with investors money I, I wanted to ask you something well i think this is also uh, another benefit of your shall i say seasoning yeah. as a human being prior to coming to this position um here's something that's interesting to me it just occurred to me you're a professional communicator you this you've done what your entire life you're trying to distill down the essence of a story into a very short amount of time and communicate it to an audience that you have you don't even know who they are um, one thing I've often commented on as I watch entrepreneurs make investor pitches is that they, the, the entrepreneur does not understand the investor. They don't understand their audience and they don't tell them what they're looking to find out. They tell the entrepreneur says all kinds of things about we do this, we do that. And there's the things that the, the venture capitalist doesn't want to know. Do you think that your experience as a communicator has benefited you in this area? Oh, listen, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say yes. I, 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 absolutely. I mean, uh, listen, I, even with you, I can give long-winded answers. I'm aware of that as I'm talking. But the reality is that, that uh, being able to communicate an idea with confidence, uh, with comfort, uh, and, and uh, with the knowledge that, you know, I, I don't have to make it up. I genuinely believe in this. And I think people say to me, you know, you, for a guy in his 50s, man, you've got a lot of energy and a lot of passion. I, I believe in what I'm doing. I'm, I'm you know, I, there, there's no snow job necessary here. And, and people who tried our product understand it's the, it is, in my opinion, the best kind of innovation. It solves a real problem. It's not creating a false problem. Um, you know, with all due respect to some entrepreneurs out there, I'll, I'll I'll stick my neck out and say that, you know, I've been to pitches where people are, are offering you a wine pairing app that, that tells you what wine to have with your chicken at a restaurant. That is not a problem that the world is desperate to have solved. And while I wish them luck, I, if I make a lot of money or when I make a lot of money out of Trent, I will not be investing in wine pairing apps. Uh, you know, Trent solves a real problem. It, it allows people, you know, we start with media where there's a lot of pressure to get more content with fewer resources. 
And what it means is that journalists, editors, producers can spend more time producing content and less time being stenographers. That's a win. Yes, no question. And, and I can communicate that. I, uh, I, we, unfortunately, I wish we could talk all day or maybe we'll have an opportunity to speak again because so many additional questions come to my mind. Um, I want to talk about another thing that's on the minds of entrepreneurs, which has to do with recruiting and retaining top talent. What have you learned about that through this process? Um, so I feel like I should write handwritten notes of apology to every boss I've ever had. It is really hard managing people. I, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever managed people. I love our employees. I'm incredibly dedicated to them, but I would be lying to you if I said it was easy. I mean, it's just, it's challenging. You know, my job as a leader and as a manager, I quickly learned is to, is to empower our employees to do the best they can for the company. And, and in the process, you want people to enjoy the journey. I mean, it's just not worth it if they don't. And that's a delicate balancing act. Anyone who's managed people understands that. And, and listen, not long into this, uh, I'm sponsored here in London at, at this fantastic innovation lab called Idea London by Cisco and, and, I, and uh, UCL, University College London, one of the top uh, computer science universities in Europe. And they asked me, what do you need? And I said, you know, I've never managed people. I need some help. And I took, they put me in a leadership and management course that really helped me understand a vocabulary of you know, how to empower people, how not to, to, to micromanage, uh, just how to understand what motivates people. And, and listen, I make lots of mistakes. I'm a strong personality and I know that. But I want to make sure that, that our employees have oxygen and, and have a sense of empowerment, uh, a sense of ownership of their own work. Um, that's the goal. I, I think what's exciting about our team is that everyone shares the same passion for product that I have. Um, uh, my, you know, our, our develop, developers, uh, the team in, the, uh, uh, in sales, which is very small um, um, at this point. I mean, we're just 11 people right now. Uh, but growing fast. So, you know, I, I think people are looking for an interesting ride with startups and they, they, they like the idea that we're obviously they're enchanted by or seduced by the fact that we're doing well, our revenue is strong, our, we've just had a successful funding round, but they want to buy into a vision. And I think if you can sell them that, it's just like an investor. Um, you, you know, you have to seduce in this market, you've got employees sell themselves or, or, employment prospects but you know we as employers have to have to seduce them too and, and and the vision thing it's the same as with investors that that's what ultimately wins you over that's great great answer and i appreciate your transparency about that i've always had a difficult time managing people as well uh, and i even had years and decades of experience with it and i still have a lot of trouble with it not my not my forte um i wanted to talk now about how we happen to have connected and and uh where you're going with the product. Uh, I did uh, test uh, trend out. I was amazed at how fast uh, the turnaround was. Uh, but some of the features that I was looking for, because I'm not a broadcast journalist, were not there. I want to say something to you, though. As you were talking about uh, trending this interview, it occurred to me that I'm going to run all my past interviews through Trent because I'm always looking for these snippets that I use. I'm getting ready to launch a 24-hour-a-day audio stream and I'm always looking for those little snippets, and I don't have the time to sit through 
a 30 or 40 minute uh, podcast times 50. So anyway, I'll be sending a few shekels your way there, Jeff. Um, We're grateful. Yeah, yeah. Um, just make sure that card is, uh, is in <laughs> on it. Well, I so. think I still have your card, so uh, I'll be sure uh, that it's current. I'm talking about your credit card. I, you know, yes, I was talking about your credit card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what uh, can you speak to? Uh, you did talk about the, uh, the player, uh, podcast player. Are there any other features that are in the future that you can speak to yet? Um, I could speak for hours about that. You know, we, we're on the, you know, that wave of innovation that I was talking about. We are riding a wave of extraordinary innovation in this area. There is a lot of work out there in universities, um, other, other startups that has simply not found a route to market. Uh, we're very aware of it. We have a list uh, of more than two dozen innovations, some of which we will build, some of which we will license, some of which we will work with academics to build. Uh, there is an endless amount that we can do here because we're just going to, we're going to build on this foundation. I mean, what you're missing, we're going to have. I don't want to go specifically for competitive reasons into what's on our okay. roadmap, but I will tell you uh, that um, I've seen some of our products that we built in prototype. I mean, obviously I've seen them, I'm involved in them, but some of the things that we have coming out even uh, by the end of 2017, they're jaw dropping. I, I mean, I, I demonstrated one of them to uh, some media execs at one of the big networks in New York. I mean, these were the top people and they broke into spontaneous applause and they said, oh my God. I mean, they were almost, it was almost hallelujahs. They said, how fast can you get us this? This is unbelievable. And, and, and I can tell you at another network in New York, they, they looked at us at, at our content, at our, our Trent player, the, uh, our editor, pardon me, uh, that we've already built. And they said, you know, we looked at this. We, we figured maybe two years we could build this, but we don't know that we'd come out with a product as good as yours. How do we incorporate this into our content management system? What's called a CMS, which is the core of any news organization. Um, We've got a lot to, to come. We're, we're, listen, we have a development team uh, of five developers right now. We're literally, we've hired two more and we're hiring four more. I mean, that's how fast we, we want to grow. We, we want to have 10, 12 developers here by summer. We have so much to do and we're squeezed because uh, the pressures on growth, uh, the appetite for growth, uh, it, it's, it's just huge. We've got to scale the team now. And now that we've had a successful funding round, uh, that's what we're doing. It is exciting. I just don't know when I'm going to get any sleep. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you didn't get a lot of sleep as a broadcast journalist either. And uh, that's something I want to talk about in closing is what parallels have you found as uh, you know a, a fast-moving entrepreneur relative to being out there in the field in war zones and, and famine-stricken areas and, and so forth? You know, it's an interesting question, and, and I've sort of inadvertently, I used to give speeches, um, I used to get paid to give speeches about all of that stuff, about being a war correspondent covering uh, the Arab Spring, um, particularly in Libya, which was my main, my main uh, beat during in 20, 2011, and then covering Iraq before that. What I found is interesting is that a lot of people ask me that question, and I, I've started talking about it quite a lot um, uh, because uh, corporate audiences are really interested in sort of an unusual parallel. And, and in this case, um, the, the parallels are really interesting. I mean, 
one of them is perseverance. I mean, when you land in, as I, as I did many times in a, in a tough place like Libya, when, it's, when, when things are falling apart, and you've got a deadline at 6.30 New York time for ABC World News, and you've got a flat tire, uh, your radiator uh, blows up in the middle of the desert, one of your drivers flees because he's frightened, all of those things happened to me in, in a matter of hours the day before, Gadda the day Gaddafi was falling, uh, August 2011. We were just up the creek everywhere. It, it just was a mess. You just can't give up. You just have to say, okay, how are we gonna make air? And, and it's just about tenacity, about perseverance, and, and, and about focus. Well, guess what? Tenacity, perseverance, focus, pretty useful skills uh, for me as an entrepreneur. I, I would say there are a couple of others that apply that are pretty interesting for me. No one survives in journalism if, who, who isn't comfortable admitting what she or he doesn't know. Uh, I think that's a, it's a basic axiom of journalism. If you fake it, you're going to get caught out. You've got to be able to ask the stupid questions and feel fine about it. And, and you know, I, I, it's, there are so many things that come at me uh, that are completely out of my, my, my range. And I'm really comfortable saying, you know, I'm just not sure, but give me, you know, give me a little time and I'll figure this out. And that leads to the next part of it, which is, you know, I, I've asked questions for 30 years and I'm pretty strong at being able to, if I don't know the answer, and usually I don't, I, I know who can help me find the answer or who can help me find someone who knows the answer. And, and I've used those skills every day for the last two and a half years with Trent, uh, finding information, uh, teaching myself, informing myself. And I would say, finally, I think the thing that's really, really, for me, most important, or I don't want to rank them, but one of the most important is decisiveness. Uh, there, every day I, I am asked to make, any entrepreneur in, in my seat is asked to make decisions one after the other. And some of them you just don't feel equipped to make. But you do your best, and, and I would argue that, that indecision is worse than a bad decision because a bad decision, listen, I've made lots of them. You can learn, you can recover, and you can move on. You hope you can recover, but you know, so far, touch wood, we have. Indecision paralyzes, and it's bad leadership, and uh, it, 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 people lose confidence. So, you know, you can't go for perfection when you're innovating, when you're, when you're starting a company. You go for good today and better tomorrow. And, and you do that by making decisions, learning from them, not having a blame culture by saying, okay, what went wrong? One, how do we fix it? Two, what's the learning here so that we make sure that we don't make at least this mistake tomorrow? We make a different one maybe, but not this one. So, you know, being decisive, not pointing fingers, those kind of things, they all come out of my experience as journalism, and they apply absolutely directly here. I guess, Frank, the one thing that I have no experience in, which I still find daunting, is finance. I mean, I've learned, and I can read spreadsheets, but I will not pretend that I can mas I've mastered Excel. But, you know, you surround yourself by people who are smarter than you, who knows things you don't know, and that's how you navigate that. But, but of course, it's important to have a baseline. And, uh, you know, I don't have any business degree. I studied political science in Canada um, 30 years ago. Uh, so, so that, you know, I find that challenging. Uh, we're hiring a finance manager as we speak, and I will 
be thrilled when when she or he joins us because it will take a huge burden. But I also get that I I, I still have to watch the money and make sure I understand it. And, and you know, I, you don't want I, I wouldn't be cavalier about that. But but having support is, is really essential. So if uh, somebody listening is interested in learning more about yourself or Trent, what is the best way for them to try to uh, reach out to you? Um, well, my email is, is Jeff, J-E-F-F, at Trint.com, T-R-I-N-T.com. Uh, happy to, to, to receive emails. I, I, I really believe that accessibility is important, uh, particularly for an early stage company. All of our users have my email, and, and I think that they really appreciate uh, at some point, it will be impossible for me, I know, um, to, to respond. We, we already have thousands of users, and sometimes the volume gets pretty onerous. But I really do try to respond to everyone uh, because I think people appreciate that we're not just a faceless company. We're actually real people who've devoted our lives to, uh, to this. And, and I, I think they give you an extra, uh, a little bit of extra space to, to, to grow and to stumble uh, once in a while when they realize that the these are a bunch of hardworking people who, who really are dedicated to making this work. So, so accessibility, I think, for a CEO is, is, is a really good thing. And for, for the whole team, I encourage everyone to be available. And uh, so, you know, happy to answer people's emails. That is just wonderful stuff. I've just been fascinated by what you've shared with us today. Jeff Kaufman, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Frank. Thanks again to Jeff Kaufman. And thank you for listening. Now, what we need to do next is you need to go to the iTunes store and subscribe to the Radio Free Enterprise podcast. While you're there, maybe you'll leave me a nice review, maybe a five-star rating. Hey, I'm just asking. After that, come back over to RadioFreeEnterprise.com and register with the site so you can stay on top of all the exciting doings happening here at RFEHQ. If you promise to do that for me, I promise to remain your fearless host, Frank Falcon. Until next time, I'll see you on the radio. He's the kind of guy who finds microeconomics fascinating. Uh, but go ahead and listen anyway. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Filker. Radio Free Enterprise.